0: Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. This is Janice Aitura. Um, Janice is one of the few people in the world who doesn't own a computer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: Or, and she's on a flip phone. So normally we do this with her in one location and me in another, but I said, because you're all you're all safe and she's had all her stuff done. So uh, we just said, let's just meet in our office and we're going to come on here and talk about what's going on. Um, so Aaron Aitouris was Janice's son. He was 18 years old and in October of 1994, two teenage boys snuck into their house, broke into their house and shot Aaron in the back of the head and murdered him. Um, but the story gets weirder and weirder and weirder. So the reason Janice is here right now is because on Friday, the two of us are appearing in an oxygen special um, about uh, the woman who was the mastermind behind the killing of Aaron Aitura. Uh, we both had dealings with her in different ways. Different ways. <laughs> but it was all part of the story. And so Janice, thank you for coming in here. You're welcome. So tell us kind of, we'll get to the gang mom part of this, which is what the movie's really about, is um, Mary Thompson, who was uh, uh, convicted um, uh, what was the f- official conviction of
1: first degree aggravated murder?
0: And then it got changed
1: to just a uh, first degree murder.
0: And that's all part of the story. Let's start with the night that this happened. It was one in the morning. What happened from your end?
1: Well, I had woke up, I usually go to work at four in the morning. So I had woke up on the uh, Monday morning, listening to somebody screaming. And I thought Aaron had fallen asleep on the couch with the TV left on, which he does often. So when I got out to the living room, there was nobody there. And then I still heard his girlfriend at the time. She was in his bedroom and she was screaming that somebody had broke into his room and popped him is what she said. And when I found out that it was more than just that, because uh, there was blood on his bed and stuff and uh, got my phone, which back then, you know, you could get phones with 50 foot cords. So I brought the phone all the way into his room and we called 911. And later on that morning, we found out that he had been shot in the back of the head.
0: And at first you thought, what, what did the police think who was
1: responsible for this? They had no idea who was responsible. They just thought what, who would have come in there and, and shot this young boy for no apparent reason and then they thought his wallet was gone and his girlfriend's cigarettes were gone so they thought maybe it was robbery or revenge of some sort and so there was no leads right at the very beginning but uh, later on that morning they had actually went over to mary thompson's house to talk to her because she was part of the anti-gang movement in eugene
0: now now this is where the story gets really weird okay so a year or so prior to Aaron's murder um and let, let's at first we got to show you Aaron such a handsome kid so hold on that's Aaron um so your former husband was part native native american native american and Aaron how tall was he
1: he's 6'5" 250 and hair down to his waist
0: and everybody loved him
1: he was a, a helper of all
0: and so this is Mary Thompson and how I knew Mary Thompson and why I'm involved in this, this show and this thing is that um, Mary was a, a woman who came to the police and sh- as a, an expert on gang activity in Eugene. And thing, tagging was starting to show up. People were starting to see things. Um, it was obvious that, you know, little Eugene, Oregon, was starting to become a place where gangs were starting to get get noticed. And so she came on the scene and kind of was, you met her because she asked t- tell them how you met first met mary thompson
1: she was uh, her son had been arrested and was in skip work which is a juvenile facility here in eugene and she was he was arrested for breaking and entering jockey boxing and so but all connected to a gang that she said went from portland to la And so he went to Willamette High School as well here in town. And she went to the principal to ask if there was anybody that he could think of that would help her with this crusade to go to PTA meetings, community centers, any place that she can think of, to put this message out that there is gang activity in Eugene and she needed somebody to listen to, these kids to listen to, which is Aaron Itero. And uh, so she called me after she got my name and number and was giving me the whole spiel about this crusade. She wanted to help kids, save kids from gang activity. She wanted parents to pay attention to who their kids were playing with, running with, associating with. And so she asked if Aaron could be a teenager that kids would listen to out there, and so she had uh, asked if that would be okay. Erin and I had talked about it later that evening. We both thought it was a great idea that we had to get a hold of these kids to pay attention to who they were hanging with.
0: Sarah says hi, mom. Yeah, <laughs> she sees you. I remember this story. Very sad situation. Sorry, guys. I was so intrigued with what she's saying, I forgot to to bring you on. And hi, Rick, and yes, this is Janice Itura. Um, I will never forget this case. Christian, I had never heard this story. I was only 10 at the time of the event. I read your post and she was appearing on your show. I searched for the case yesterday. What a twisted story. Big hugs to you, mom. Um, I'm sorry you lost your handsome son. Um, my children went to school with Aaron and it was pretty traumatic for, for them. I think it was traumatic for the entire community too. Right, Gail? Um, you know, um, Mary then, I was connected to her through the police, and I did a whole series called Gang Mom. And she went around and showed me tagging, what to look for, what not to do, how to do this. And she came across like an expert and like she was really trying to help the community. And we put that out there, you fell for it too. I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, We all kind of, and most of the police department, um, everybody saw her as somebody who was really trying to help because her son was, you know, messed up. And she was trying to make good on that.
1: And what she had done is she got involved with the anti-gang, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, patrol here in, in town, and she worked with them in wanting to know what was going on in the community, so she could, you know, be there to uh, advise or talk to these kids or whatever. So she became really a big part of the anti-gang. Um, troops here in Portland. So, I mean, in Eugene, so it was, uh, she just Buffaloed us all.
0: And so now Aaron is murdered. Um, Two boys, teenagers were then, were the two that did it. They served their time or whatever time they, they they got, (laughs) they got, yeah. How many years, what did they get each?
1: Uh, One got six years and one got eight years.
0: And why is that?
1: It was because it was before measure 11. And they used to use a grid block that would, their age, plus the crime, and if they had any uh, offenses before that. So one came up to six years and one came up to eight years.
0: So they murdered your son and they got six and eight years. And,
1: of course, they got out for good behavior.
0: So let me ask you this. This is off topic. Well, not it's on topic, but Measure 11, right now there's a move in the in the legislature to change that. Um, to do some major reforms to Measure 11. Um, how do you feel about that?
1: Well, the thing is, is Measure 11 was voted in the November after Erin was killed because people were outraged at the time that these two kids, so the 17, they weren't kids. They knew what they were doing and they knew it was wrong. And they got a really short sentence in, but if it was in November, which I think Measure 11 went active in January, They would have got 20 years, which is what they deserved.
0: So I'm taking it. You're not supporting this.
1: Not supporting it at all.
0: So talk to me about, so now police go in and one officer starts suspecting something. And so they, they wiretap Mary's phone. And I remember some of the phone conversations um, in the court hearings. Um, And it became pretty obvious that she was, was the puppeteer
1: exactly and running this show?
0: How do you feel at that point when you find out that Mary Thompson has masterminded this? What, what, what goes to what happens to you? Well,
1: I'll tell you. First of all, I'm a mom that believes that if your child does something wrong, they need to serve the time. Hang on, wait for my foot.
0: It's the train, guys. I, I warned Janice. <laughs> I already warned her. <laughs> Alright, go. You're good.
1: Okay, so what happened is that uh, oh I thought
0: I was not <gasps> right But I just saw so- that. Oh. Savelle, is it Savelle? It is Savelle. Is that uh-huh. how you say her name? My sister Crystal McKnight was with Aaron when it happened. I remember him drawing ninja turtles for me. Oh my he god. He did, he
1: used to draw them on t shirts for kids.
0: So that was your sister. Crystal McKnight was your sister who was there with Aaron that night. Oh
1: my God.
0: That is so, is that crazy or what? I'm not sure. I also went to Willamette. It was part of the peer counseling group that invited Mary in and she <laughs> talked to us about being against gangs. So creepy. Also, my dad worked with Janice. What a traumatic time for oh, all yeah. of us.
1: Pat Fox, is that your dad? Is this fun? Yeah. And that's one thing about, uh, I love the train. Yeah. Uh, the Willamette district is that they were a small school district, one high school, two junior highs, and I think they had four elementary schools at the time is that everybody knew everybody. And uh, when Aaron had decided to do this, there was a lot of gang activity, like you said, tagging, there was people trying to get together, even as the Asian gang that they talked about. And Mary was um, she just kind of fell into that with the idea that she was going to help people when what we learned in court is that Mary was the one that was controlling the whole thing.
0: So everybody, I mean, including this reporter, I was so embarrassed. We felt duped because, you know, here we had fallen for this and now a young man was dead. Um, And, and it was just, I think the community just felt really,
1: let they felt betrayed exactly betrayed because what we found out is that through the courts and uh, the trials of Mary was actually doing jump-ins behind Shasta Junior high School
0: what's that I don't know what that is
1: jumping into a gang oh you know, she would recruit people and they would beat them up and, and become part of her her gang and that's where she got the title of gang mom it wasn't because she was helping the gang affiliation here in town, she was the mastermind in her own gang. She was actually recruiting, uh, kids from, they called them mall rats down at the mall Mm -hmm. and they would be at her house. She had, you know, 10, 15, 20 kids there all the time. And this is what she was doing. She was recruiting kids to be in her own little personal gang.
0: So Mary goes to jail, but tell people what happened because that even got screwed up.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah what they were going to charge her with at first was hindering prosecution because what she had done when the officers had gone back and talked to her a couple of times, she said that she had heard on the streets because, you know, she's with all these guys and they all know what's going on that, uh, man named Sonny was after Aaron because Aaron was going to testify against her son in a juvenile court. proceeding. that's how it all started.
0: Okay. So yeah, now let's get back to this, this real fast. So Bo is at, tell them that story too, because this is what the whole thing kind of centers around. Mary's trying to protect her kid from this, from Aaron testifying. So tell people that story.
1: Uh, Aaron and a couple other kids and Bo were at, um, uh, Dairy Mart on 99, and Bo had a flip knife, and he was like, two 14-year-olds were walking by, and he goes, watch this, and he walked up, and he stabbed one of them, and so Aaron and these other kids were witnesses, but the other two said they didn't see anything. Aaron being 18, he actually went to jail, and they went to Skipworth, and so Aaron's like, you know, the guy says you can either end up in jail, being part of this assault, or you can tell us exactly what happened. And Bo has already been on their radar because he'd been in and out of Skipworth already. And, uh, so Aaron says, you know, I don't have a problem telling the truth. He says, Bo went up and stabbed this kid. And so the juvenile court proceeding was on Wednesday, October 5th. Well, they broke into my house and, uh, murdered him on an October 3rd.
0: So it was basically to keep Aaron from testifying against Bo, Mary Thompson's son.
1: Because Mary felt so betrayed by Aaron, because how dare him step up and do this against Bo, her son who could do no wrong in her eyes, but Aaron was doing the right thing.
0: So Mary, now go back to Mary. So Mary gets sentenced and then, but then the law changes. Explain that to people.
1: Mary got sentenced to um, life without any chance of parole, plus 10 years. And the 10 years was for hindering. So, and then uh, they appealed her attorney, appealed it and appealed it. And they said that because it was a juvenile court proceeding that this whole thing started from, that Mary could not get life without parole, that they sentenced her to 20 years. For her part in this, and then gave her twenty plus ten, and she did twenty four. She's been out two years.
0: So since the original case, <clears throat> the, the the stabbing at the dairy mart was a juvenile ca- crime. She, even though there was a murder, she could not be sentenced. She had to be sentenced under this juvenile, juvenile case.
1: right? That's insanity. And not be sentenced to what she should have got was uh, life without any chance of parole.
0: So Mary Thompson is now living back in our community. She's here,
1: right? She's back in uh, not Eugene. I'm suspecting she's probably in Springfield because she is restricted from living in West Eugene and it's because that's where I live.
0: So what does that like for you? How does that feel to you?
1: It feels like every time I go somewhere, I have to look over my shoulder thinking that she might be around, you know, I don't think Mary has changed her tune on what she believes and what she believes on is just uh, duping Eugene in Springfield one more time in some ways. So she's somebody that you need to watch out for.
0: Um, so you, this is the fifth time you've been in a some kind of a show or a book. Erin's um, story really um, captures the attention of people because it's so weird.
1: It captures their attention because uh, first of all, Erin was doing the right thing. Right. Second of all, it was a mom involved that mastermined and manipulated this entire community for her own, her own well-being and then got caught. And so you look at it going, okay, you've got to watch your kids. You've got to watch your friends sometimes, and you just go, what the hell?
0: Do you find yourself today always looking for gangs out on the streets when you are out and just want to tell them over and over about your experience? I ask because it would be so hard for me. I am have so very sorry for you to have to go through this. My heart is crying for you.
1: You know, I used to have uh, moms and dads. um, They'd get a hold of me because they knew where I worked or they had my phone number. And they would ask me to take their kid if he was in some sort of trouble, down to Aaron's uh, burial site, because they wanted them to know this is where they could end up.
0: So, tell them the good things. Some of these other good things. So, first of all, tell them how Aaron continues to live. I love these stories, you guys. This is the this is the what you want to. This is the part you really want to hear. So, tell them how Aaron continues to live.
1: This is the positive because you know you always trying to pull the positive out of the negative. Uh, Aaron was a organ donor when he passed and we were able to save five lives, Uh, heart, both kidneys, his pancreas and his liver. And um, his heart recipient just passed away uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And he couldn't walk across the room 10 feet and know that he lived for 25 more years.
0: So he lived with with Aaron's, Aaron's heart, heart for 25 more years. Um, that had to be, when you talked on the phone with him, was that weird?
1: Well, we, we not only talked, we met several times and- I did uh, a story on that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we go way back.
1: <laughs> Rick and I did a story on uh, Tom Tom's getting Aaron's heart over at LCC. And one of the first questions Rick asked him is, what were you doing when you got the call? And Tom's remark with him is that I told him I was too busy.
0: <laughs> to get a heart so you could live. It was- and
1: you know, it was those kind of things. And Tom, he was a pastor. He was probably five foot six. Aaron was six foot five, but he was a big man. He was barrel chested. And so they, they put your heart in to another person who has the same dimensions, you know. Erin's kidney recipient uh, still contacts me. We have uh, we meet for lunch every once in a while. She's from up north, and uh, she has a kidney, and she she's 26 and a half years out there, and she had uh, child diabetes, and so who knows? And she's adopted two children. They're in college. They're doing amazing. And she wouldn't have been able to even live to see that.
0: So it was the heart, both kidneys, his liver. Pancreas. And his pancreas. So one, two, three, four, five people. Five lives. Had extremely wonderful lives because of the the donation from Aaron. So, I mean, this is a really, really stupid question. But when you meet him, do you kind of sit there and go, that's (sighs) my kid's heart? I mean, is there something kind of precious? Well, you know, when I first met
1: Tom, one thing I asked if I could... Uh, feel his heart oh and he let me put my hand on his chest and it was like and all i could say yes aaron we did it you did it you know and it was it's just amazing that the, that positive could come out of such a negative outrageous circumstances
0: so after 26 years or plus years um what do you still miss about him
1: his hugs I mean, you got to understand he was 6'5 and 250 pounds, and he used to just come up and give me a big old hug and pick me up off the ground. And, and of course, I weigh a little bit more now. But um, that's the thing in his smile. He's got this little crooked smile, as you saw. And uh, those are the things that I miss the most.
0: So you have three other, four other kids? Four other kids. Three daughters and a son. And you guys still talk about Aaron?
1: Yeah, we do, especially around the anniversary and his birthday. Um, The kids have taken flowers down to the cemetery. And uh, we just remember the good times. You know, he was such a taunting big brother. You know, he'd flip their hair or poke them in the face. You know, he was always there to let them know that he was still there. (laughs) And I remember after uh, Aaron had passed, my youngest son, who was eight at the time, he was, Mom, I, I still feel him. He's still here. And I said, I know. He just sits right up here on my shoulder. So he's always with us.
0: Does he talk to you?
1: Not as much as he used to.
0: Did he used to talk to you? Yeah.
1: He was always like, you know, well, you can do this, Mom. He was a very, being a single mom of five kids and Aaron being the oldest, he was always Never worry, Mom. Whatever you need to do, you can do it because you're the strongest woman I know.
0: And you really have. I mean, you are,
1: you know. I do you, my and best. Do,
0: you and Donna Reem, the survivor of the Dairy Mart murders, are the two that, and it was the same year, and you two are just like, I would not, even with your knee surgeries, <laughs> I would not. I wouldn't screw around with you <laughs> you know and i learned early on when we were covering this story that this was a mama bear that's what i think you guys are the definition of a mama bear that's why i'm a donor love to see the smile when so much of the heartache has happened finding the positive in the situation you guys are very sweet to her it's a precious memory that you will always keep erin alive for you um, Aaron used to come to my house after school at times with my daughter. He was always good to me. That's Cheryl Gordon. Um, he has a smile down on you. He has, has to be smiling down on you, mom. Yeah. So what do you learn from all this? What do you, when you, you, you do these specials and I did it cause, um, you know, basically because of you, um, I want people to know what's possible. And I think Aaron, you know, when people are taken from us like that, I think that it's it's like the 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 two the victims in the Thurston High School shooting. As you say their names, I don't want to talk about the others. Um, I want to talk about those who were taken because that's the those are the voices that that don't get to speak anymore, and others can still tell their stories the way they want them told, but Aaron needs us to tell the story the way it right. was.
1: Ben Walker, is, his mom and I met her. He was from Thurston. He was the one that was killed over Thurston. Yeah. And he was also an organ donor. Really? Yeah.
0: So the other one was Michael Nicolausen. And then there's, cause as we're bringing him up, I always do this. And then Faith and um, Bill um, right. Kip Kinkle, uh, we're also, we don't talk about the person who did this. And, um, yeah, so, so what do you learn? What do you, what do you think? Well, we
1: definitely don't want to put Mary in any uh, limelight. She deserves whatever comes to her. And I don't think it's going to be positive. But the one thing that I've learned is, and one thing I hope is that people will pay attention to who their kids are running around with, uh, what they're doing, you know, Take an active part in their lives, for one, because my kids were always in sports. And, you know, by the time they got to high school, I'd be the only parent there. It's like you need to know what's going on in your kids. life. they're all you have. And, you know, they may resent it. But I'll tell you, now that my kids are older, they're always telling me, Mom, we wouldn't be who we are if it wasn't for you. So those are the things that I would hope that you would take back and look at your own kids and just figure out, you know, if they're doing positive or negatives. And if negatives, maybe you can turn them around.
0: And on my end, I would say, because I said, somebody says, how could the system relieve such an evil woman? I would say, Oregon voters, you need to really pay attention to what your lawmakers are doing. And instead of just hearing what's said, you need to look into what's done. And um, I'm not, one way or the other on measure 11 this, this new changes coming up but get educated about it because that's um you know you voted on it and now your legislature is trying to change it so are you okay with that and that's why we do these things right you may think that's political but what i'm saying is you know aaron this whole thing would have looked a little different if that law had been in effect when this right. had happened right. and it wasn't And now they're looking at changing that. So maybe we need to ask that question of those lawmakers who want to do that is what, why would you want to do that in a case like this? And that would be what I'm going to give you as a news guy to take away is stay involved in the damn process. Well, you
1: know, when Aaron's, uh, I mean, uh, Mary's sentence was reduced and because of the juvenile law, I myself would work from 4am till about noon and drive to Salem almost every day. Because there was a law that we wanted to do. It was called Aaron's Law. And it was to change the law. And if you were murdered in any court of law for witnessing, you know, because he was just going to be a witness, you know, and he was murdered for that testimony, that if you're a witness in any level of court and you're murdered for that testimony, you need to pay the price. And there wasn't one person that would listen to me. Because they thought maybe the death penalty was attached, but that's not what we were doing. We were trying to get justice for not Aaron, because that was an over and done with. But for anybody, I mean, if you're in a road rage and you were killed because somebody ran you off the road, and that's uh, murder, he should get, you know, that type of sentencing, not switched.
0: Right. And if somebody was going to witness like your kid was going to do the right thing, he gets murdered. This law that you were talking about would have been made it. So these people pay the price for murdering right. somebody for, because right. it, but it wasn't seen as that important. And yet you needed Aaron to testify. And it was, it was really a, a, a juvenile case. It was just a little case, but somebody wanted him murdered for that. And so that the price would be paid and, and not any legislators in Salem, listen to you, or, or right. And, you know, anything.
1: you think about, you're probably thinking, well, Mary was an adult, Aaron was 18, but the case itself of her son stabbing this kid was a juvenile court proceeding and not criminal or adult. Or So that's where they went back to is that the sentencing had to hold a juvenile court uh, guidelines.
0: So your hope? What yeah. is your hope?
1: My hope is that you know, like Rick says, you need to pay attention to this new, because you don't want Measure 11 to be reduced. It's uh, actually put people away for what they deserve for what they did, because you know, they're adults or, or juveniles or whatever, and they should pay the price. So you need to pay attention to what's going on in Salem, because I tried to and didn't do me any good. So my hope is that you just pay attention your kids, your family, your parents, and the law and the court system and the legislature.
0: 26 years ago, did you think you were going to make it?
1: No, no. I'll tell you, if I didn't have four other children, I wouldn't have made it because they needed me as much as I needed them. And I could not, you know, go out like I had planned because they had already lost.
0: So Aaron was right.
1: He was right.
0: <laughs> he knew his mama better than she yes. did.
1: <laughs> I had things that I needed to take care of.
0: So, this show is going to be on Friday night, 8 o'clock on Oxygen. Uh, you can Comcast. find on Comcast, and it's on Oxygen. And you can go on and find it. And uh, We'll find out how much, because tr- we haven't seen it either, so we'll find out how much trouble <laughs> we're in now. <laughs> you never know when you're doing that. When they're asking you questions, you're kind of going, I kind of think I know what you're doing with that. Did you feel that way?
1: It says yes, guys, and do more research.
0: Do your research. Do your research. Uh, All right, Janice Aitura, thank you.
1: You're welcome. we coming
0: in, and we just had a couple hours of fun little conversation here. So um, you guys share this on your page. Let other people know what's going on. Um, yeah, pay attention, and go love your kid. Because you just never know what is going to happen. What time again? Eight o'clock on Friday night. And then it'll be on there. Usually, Oxygen puts everything on a page. So you can go back and look at it if you don't see it live, right? I think so. Right. I think and it's do, online. And do
1: me one favor. When you do go see your kids, make sure you give them a big hug. Because you don't never know what's going to happen maybe tomorrow. All right.
0: Janice Aitura, thank you for being here. All right, you guys. And remember... The buck stops here. This show is sponsored by Buck Sanitary Service. We really appreciate you. Uh, we could not do this without it. So, as I always say, if you have to go to the bathroom and you're not at a Buck's, please go. But if you're having a if you're having an event or you want it, please support our sponsors because we can't do this kind of good content without them. All right, I'll see you guys later tomorrow night. I already told Janice our whole rundown. So tomorrow night, this is um, National Ast- um, Autism Month. And so tomorrow night I have a woman um, who's a friend of mine, and she is on the spectrum. She's absolutely amazing. And if you have or know of anyone on the spectrum, you need to watch this show because Alyssa will she will put this in perspective for you that you will it'll it, you'll see people in a completely different way. And then on Wednesday night we have John Kilcullen, uh, Chris Kilcullen, who was uh, murdered ten years ago this Thursday. Uh, his yeah he's a police officer here in Eugene. His father's going to be here with us on Wednesday night talking with us. And then on Thursday, we will be at live at the ceremony at 52nd and um, Highway 10, 105. Um, they're having a, a big processional in honor of Chris honoring the 10 years uh, since he was murdered, uh, just doing his job. And then um, that night, we're going to then go to Shields Catering. They have a new restaurant. And so we got a whole bunch of different kind of stuff for you. So that's all this week on Get Real with Rick Cancer. All right. See you guys later. Have a good evening.
1: Thanks. i